Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Hello again, everybody, and thank you for being with us. This is Jim Ross, as the big voice guy said. Slower Knocker Audio is on the air, kids, and we got a packed show for you today. How packed, how full is this show? Let me tell you what my granny would say. She'd say, Jimmy, this show is fatter than a tick on a town dog. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's on my mind. Right off the bat, I want to remind everybody that the Sovereign Ocker is still available at Amazon.com. A lot of you are just reading it now. It's been out 18 months. It's still number one in its category. Thank God, and thank you for uh, supporting it. If you haven't read it, it's at Amazon.com uh, in er- all countries. And uh, check it out. We appreciate it. It's a dream come to for me and my little angel in heaven, Jan. So, uh, and Paul O'Brien, a devil of a man in Ireland, in, and I have already started working, as you know here, you find out here first, on uh, the sequel to Slobberknocker. Don't know the title of it yet, but boy, it's going to be a book. I'm telling you now. It's serious stuff. And this is from the Attitude Era, you know, uh, the Monday Night Wars, uh, the, the I Got Sick Again. You know, I lost my mother. It's a crazy story, man. Incredible journey. You guys know it, a lot of it. But it talks about uh, moving from Raw to SmackDown in, I think, 2008. I tried to erase that from my memory, but nonetheless, I think it was 2008. Uh, and, uh, you know, leaving the company, coming back to the company, being under contract as I am now. Uh, it's really, and of course, uh, the unfortunately, uh, the death of my wife. So it's going to be a heavy book. And we, we think it'll be better than Slobberknock, the original. Uh, of course, that's what every marketer says, right? But uh, we're working on it. So stay tuned. We think uh, holidays of 2019 is our goal. So, uh, And we're talking to various publishers and, and we're seeing where we are. So uh, there's a lot of interest in the sequel, and we appreciate that. Uh, don't forget that you can order our products, barbecue sauces, mustard ketchup, beef jerky, seasoning, from www.shop.com. They do not ship to Canada, these food products. That's a, it's a, some kind of bureaucracy BS. Another thing that politicians have screwed up. And uh, But you can get great service and great products at www.shop.com for JRs. And uh, we just got our first major order, the biggest order we've ever received. Uh, it's from Ingalls Markets. They have uh, over 200 stores in the southeastern part of the United States. I'd love your support. Uh, if you see our products on the shelves, take a picture of it, uh, get out there on Twitter and tag me in and we'll see where it goes. 
So uh, Ingalls Markets, a great partner with us and uh, with Headlock on Hunger, uh, the the organization I am the national chairman thereof. Uh, I want to, on a personal note, want to wish a happy one year anniversary to my friend Ryan Barkin and his great team in Chicago. It's the one year anniversary of their Pro Wrestling Tea store, their retail store, and they do, do they do a great job. I I told Ryan I needed a shirt for the Fox Sports uh, pregame show, and uh, while and he he made sure I had it the next day. Now you can't do that for everybody. Uh, I'm sure, but, uh, don't hold his feet to the fire, but he got me a shirt. I think maybe two days, but next day or two days. In any event, I had a shirt for the uh, CBS show, a sovereign knocker shirt. Duh. I, I, I'd have dressed up like a NASCAR driver. If I had the balls, I should have worn a coveralls with all these patches of things I want to sell. Uh, it's hard to believe kids that the, uh, Chris Jericho cruise is only two weeks away. Uh, it's, we're going to be at sea from uh, October 27th, uh, re- revi- arriving back in uh, Miami on uh, Halloween morning. How about that? Bahamas is on the on the on the uh, trip manifest. Uh, only a few cabins are left, I'm told, at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. This is going to be really fun, and it's going to it's probably going to have when it's all said and done. You'll see all the, the great wrestling media folks are there. Dave LaGreca will be there with Bust Open Radio and Sirius XM, which I'm a regular uh, listener, big fan of the show. Uh, the uh, Team Bullet Club versus Team Impact Wrestling uh, uh, Challenge. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Alpha Omega, you know, this Omega thing and, and Jericho. There's just so many good things that's going to be on the show uh, wrestling-wise. And I'm looking forward to going to seeing. I'm looking forward to going to these matches as a fan, not as not working, just as a regular wrestling fan and enjoying, hopefully enjoying what I'm seeing. And don't forget uh, uh, my sidekick uh, on these road trips, Rafael Morphy, will be with me. Uh, we'll have our we'll have mer- merchandise, uh, books, Sovereignocker books. You can buy a book and uh, I'll sign them for you. Personalize them. I'll personalize everything I got if you want. Uh, but really, I, I, we're going to have our products on, on the cruise, too. So ChrisJerichoCruise.com. If you wait, you're probably going to be left out. Put it to you that way. As I mentioned, uh, busy week, uh, busy weekend for me. I went down to Dallas for the OU Texas game, the 113th meeting of that uh, Red River rivalry. Uh, it was a, a rough one, folks. Rough day at the office road, JR. Texas 48, Oklahoma 45. Texas kicks a field goal, 14 seconds left in the game. They broke our hearts. But the chase isn't over because it could be it could be Oklahoma versus uh, Texas again in the Big 12 Conference title game in early December. And I know there's other schools that have something to say about that, like West Virginia and others. But uh, in any event, all hope is not lost. Come on. Uh, again, I want to thank Fox Sports, uh, Jacob Bowman, senior VP there, uh, the talented Rob Stone, Matt Leinert, who gave me a nice gift. After, after, I named him the Heartbreak Kid because he broke my heart in 2005 in the Orange Bowl. Dave Wanstat, Wani the Wizard. Wani the Wizard. I, they wanted me to come up with something that I thought might work, and it just sounded good. Wani the Wizard. After the Grand Wizard, Dave Wanstat. Uh, my friend Mike Stoops uh, was relieved of his post on, on Sunday uh, as the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Uh, probably time. I think he'll admit it's, he needed to step away. 
and he's got very high motor. It burns very fast. And sometimes those high revving motors can burn out faster than others. He's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Uh, they had a lot of success with him here. But time comes for everybody to make a change. Hey, I'd like to be on Raw every Monday night because that, that would tell me I'm young again. But I'm not. So I'm not. So Michael landed on his feet, and uh, Oklahoma took good care of him on his way out. I think he, I think he's under contract with 2020, something like that. So he'll get some money out of the deal and and uh, be ready to regroup, which I think is what he's doing. I sort of heard him, he said he's going to regroup and uh, recharge his batteries. Man, that's a great thing. Nothing wrong with that. Also in the news, USC 229. Uh, you know, here's I've got more to talk about this this topic, uh, but it is not handled well. And I'll I share. I got I got Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer to chime in on this, and they got an opinion on it, which I'll share with you a little bit later in the program. But I have seen where some are speculating that Conor McGregor now would be prime if he gets suspended, which I doubt will be very long, be very long if anything, to speak of, uh, like a year. So I'm thinking, but it's, I'm not, I'm not advocating to get he get suspended a year. I'm just saying, probably not going to be a long suspension. In any event, the idea originally was, would Conor McGregor be a good fit at WrestleMania? Well, of course he would be. Of course he would be. Uh, he's a he's a global star. People love to see him win, and they love to see him lose. That's the perfect balance. Uh, but I think that uh, what also might be an interesting idea is Conor McGregor, a part of a major outdoor stadium show in, guess what, Ireland. Why not? Soccer stadiums, football, European football stadiums, why not? So uh, it's an idea. That's fantasy booking. So uh, a super show in Ireland, the WWE Network with Conor McGregor on the card is a great atmosphere and big money. And ain't it what it's all about? I think that's what it's all about because my fellow Native American, Nikki Haley, resigned as a UN, uh, United States ambassador to the United Nations this past week, on Tuesday, actually. And uh, after reading and researching about it, because she did a good job, I thought, and she's a very attractive woman. Like I said, uh, she's a Native American, as am I. And I thought that uh, when I read more about it, she's never made any money. The job she has don't pay any big money. Life-changing money, no. Uh, she was a state representative in South Carolina. That sure as hell don't pay big money. So she's never had any tenure of making big money. She's very marketable. She's got great name identity. I think it was about the money. And when people say it's not about the money, guess what? It's usually all about the money. Well, on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, on my friend Mark Cuban's network, Access TV, at 8, 7 Central, a hell of a show. I really, Josh Barnett and I love this, uh, calling this match, and I purposely made sure I didn't see any clips or anything. Kenny Omega versus Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii. And I know somebody's going to say, JR can't pronounce Marty Skrull, and he can't pronounce Ishii. It's Ishii. I asked that exact question uh, in Long Beach. It's not Ishii. That's what I was told. By guess who? Ishii. <laughs> anyway, th these two cats beat the holy hell out of each other. 
if you do what they did to each other outside a wrestling ring, you'd be in prison. Kenny Omega Ishii for the uh, IWGP heavyweight title is a classic matchup on Friday night. And, and of course, uh, the, the New Japan just came up, uh, came through the King of the Pro Wrestling event. Uh, my buddy Kevin Kelly was broadcasting on Monday night. Omega retained the title in that one, too, against uh, Cody and Coda. It's like a morning it's not Cody, Cody and Coda sounds like a morning talk show tandem on NBC. Uh, Tanahashi beat Switchblade, Jay White, but Jay White left there with a lot of uh, angst in a good way. So Tanahashi and Omega set for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I'll tell you this. I have had some conversations about uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, being a part of it on site. Time will tell. I'm very interested in doing it. It's, it's a great event, and it's just you can't get enough. If you're a fan and you're used to being in that world where you've been privileged to feed off the adrenaline of the fans, uh, anytime you get a chance, it's a little chance, a long shot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore that without a doubt. And, of course, Chris Jericho, our little cruise master, Captain Steubing, well, he, uh, he made his return to New Japan this past Monday. Attacking Evil. Evil is, of course, a lost in Gobernales. Uh, and uh, so the Evil, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, matchup was uh, was postponed by referee Tiger Torrey due to the beating that uh, Chris Jericho gave Evil. More on that at six. Around the wrestling horn. I do this around the wrestling horn because I want to help the business. There's nothing I've had. I've never had anything in my life that, that enhanced our life and my family than the wrestling business. I feel obligated to give back. I feel obligated to some degree to help these uh, promotions uh, with their events and promotion and sell, create awareness. That's all. Create awareness. It's up to you whether you, you go to their event or not. It's up to them to give you a great show. But if I can create an awareness that they exist and they have an event coming up, I've done my job. I just wish it more and more proactive and would actually volunteer information to good old producer Ted here at the Jim Ross report at gmail.com and, and give him some info. It didn't hurt anything. I'm trying to help you. Same way with podcasters. Good luck on that one. Uh, paranoia runs deep, deep in my heart. It will be, uh, MLW returning to Queens, New York's Melrose Ballroom, WrestleMania week. Man, we're getting out there on this one. WrestleMania week, they're going to show us on consecutive nights on Thursday, April the 4th, 2019, kids, and Friday, April 5th, 2019. And tickets are on sale now at MLW.com. I say this, uh, Court Bauer's group is growing. Uh, they're trying to create a niche and create their own identity. Uh I think the identity is the main thing. What 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 is MLW Wrestling? But if you want information on the company, uh, their schedule, their live events, their television, the whole nine yards, simply go to MLW.com. That easy. And speaking of the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York, Impact Wrestling, they're going to host their Bound for Glory pay-per-view there this Sunday, October 14th. Tickets are at ImpactWrestling.com. I like the card. World title, Austin Aries and Johnny Impact, uh, two really top top talents. Given the time uh, and inclination, 
they could have a classic. They could have one of the best matches the entire year, uh, in, in my view. What's, what's to keep them from it? Some wise ass is going to say skill level. No. Wrong. Wrong. Also, the uh, Impact uh, Knockout title, Tessa Blanchard always had a special eye on her. No, no, come on. I've known her father forever. That's what I'm saying. Her grandfather. Tessa's a good girl. Uh, I, I got a chance to get to know her a little bit better than the first May Young that I called uh, last year. She's going to take on uh, uh, Taya Valkyrie, who may be related to Johnny Impact. Wink, wink. So uh, that'll be a good match, too. And uh, good card all up and down. I'm sure uh, you can find out all your information, where you can see it, on pay-per-view, impactwrestling.com. I'm still concerned about their television audience. Their numbers are alarming. And that's why we want to help these companies. Let's try to support them, you know. The NWA's big 70th anniversary show is on Sunday, October 21st in Smashville, Nash Vegas. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville Fairgrounds. Tickets on sale now at uh, nwa70.com. That's for the big uh, rematch of the NWA World's title. Two out of three falls. I love that. Cody Cody Runnels. I can say Cody Rhodes here if I want to, can I? What does it matter? That's silly. Cody versus Nick. Cody Runnels versus Nick Aldis, NWA World's title, two out of three falls. I like that stipulation, and I know they'll turn it loose. Tell a great story. And also one of my favorite female competitors from back in the Attitude Era, uh, Jazz, will defend the NWA Women's Championship against Penelope Ford. So that's all on October 21st in Nashville. You don't have a ticket? They're still available. And, of course, if you can't be in Nash Vegas on October 21st, you can certainly watch it on the Fight app. You know, I promoted the Fight app here when it first launched, F-I-T-E. And uh, we helped launch it. I'm proud of the, where it's going and where it's, where it's come from and where it is now. It's amazing. Great great growth. If you don't have the Fight app, folks, you're missing something. Seriously, it's free, for God's sakes. And there's a lot of free content on it that you can watch on your phone or any of your mobile devices. As long as you've got Wi-Fi and a smart device, you're in the game, baby. You're in the game. A lot of wrestling, a lot of, a lot of MMA, F-I-T-E, fight like you mean it. Uh, big week next week for WWE. Their 1,000th episode of SmackDown is next week, Tuesday night, October the 16th, uh, USA Network, of course. Glad to see Batista back with Evolution, Ric Flair, Triple H, and Randy Orton, even though the Evolution was a, primarily a Raw act. Uh, it looks like the it's a company-wide celebration for the SmackDown 1000. Can get, I can dig that. Uh, Ray Mysterio has signed a contract with WWE to return to full-time duty, full-time as much as uh, his body and will allow him. Uh, WWE is the place for Ray to be. There's just no doubt in my mind. I have no second guessing. Uh, he'll make more money. He'll be better cared for uh, medically and all the way around. Uh, he'll make extra monies uh, without taking bumps, i.e. merchandise, marketing. Good move for Ray, his family. Good move for WWE. You love to see those win-wins, and that's what we got on that one. I missed the live uh, version of the uh, Australian show in Melbourne. I have seen enough highlights to know it looked like a solid uh, live event. 
show, like a house show type thing. It had great production base. I'm not saying that, but it just felt like a big arena a house show event. Very successful. Thought that was cool. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, to uh, Matt Hardy a little bit later about uh, some of these the talents that are being used and how they're being used. But it's interesting to see that yes, acts like DX and Kane and Taker, Trish and Lita, uh, the beautiful the gold attired El Conquistador Kurt Angle. Uh, back in the mixes of these big shows and, and not at the bottom of the card or the middle of the card, but near or at the top of the card. Uh, and one reason for that is those guys to have more name identity and then quote unquote, the perception of being over still over if they're not over used. So I think it's a smart move by WWE at the end of the day. And if these cats can draw more eyeballs to the scene, either on the WWE network or at the, or at the event itself, then it gives more eyeballs, the chance to see the talents of the guys that are, that are, that have the ability to get to that same level as undertaker or Shawn Michaels, etc. cetera. Uh, maximize your minutes, kids, maximize your minutes. Uh, see, uh, the Saudi Arabia shows started the political aspects of Saudi Arabia show are something that I can't do anything about. I don't know what you do. Uh, I'm not going to get into political discussions. Uh, I got something political to say here a little bit later about our Democrats and Republicans in America. But uh, look, uh, if talents could go there and help uh, foster and change by the events, events like WWE, uh, then I'm for that, making life better for everybody. Uh, I don't know what I can do personally other than say this, that I don't agree with uh, – how women are treated, and in, 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 even in America, hell, you ain't got to go to Saudi Arabia to figure out that there's problems of, uh, problems abroad. Women cannot be considered second-class citizens. Period. And so, no, I don't think it's hypocritical that WWE is going there and they're promoting this women's movement. Not at all. They're addressing another agenda, and that agenda will include women at some point in time. And speaking of Saudi Arabia, I mentioned this the other day about uh, will that be a good place for Hulk Hogan to show back up? And I, you know, why not? He has probably the most name identity for that demographic there, because uh, I know that the prince of Saudi Arabia was excited to see uh, some of his people he saw in the Attitude Era. He specifically asked for Jr. and the King to be on that that, that last Saudi trip, which was cool. Uh, but Hogan's he's the big dog, man. And for that audience, uh, he would probably do real well. Oh, he ain't got to wrestle. So anyway, we'll see. It sort of get a lot of publicity, wouldn't it not? Maybe some, maybe not. Maybe some good, maybe some not so good. And finally, uh, just really quick going through Raw, uh, I thought the Dean Ambrose storyline has my interest. Ambrose, a compelling character. He has, his story has my interest because he's real. I truly believe he's unbalanced. I'm sorry, Renee. He's not unbalanced. It's just me talking. Uh, he's a very compelling character. And he has my interest in that storyline. Uh, I thought the uh, Ronda Rousey Bella's business was well executed. Based on the skill level and how refined all the individuals in the match or the angle, the incident were or are, I thought they pulled it off very well. Very well. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it leads me to believe that some are going to probably insist that Rousey and the and uh, Nikki Bella are 
uh, uh, that they close the show at the big ladies pay-per-view in October. I don't know if that's necessarily the way I'd book it, but nonetheless, they did a nice job on Monday night. Good job, ladies. I'd like to see Kurt Angle returning. I thought the, his gold costume was rather obnoxious, as it was intended to be, I'm assuming. And it reflected back to his gold medal-winning Olympian with a broken freaking neck. Uh, I like Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. I think they have significant antagonist upside. I think they have virtually zero protagonist upside. They are money as villains and antagonists. And Leo can be as about as antagonistic as a, 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 a bee, a bee uh, that you don't want to sting you. They're little or they're, they're fierce and they're obnoxious. And Lashley's a beast. Lashley's a beast. He shouldn't be. Lashley as a baby face right now would be like casting uh, John Wayne to be a Nazi. What the hell are you thinking? That's just me. Uh, so Raw was that. Ratings are up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. A lot of stiff competition. But baseball playoffs, Monday Night Football, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the deal. And Vince has told me this a million times. JR, if we've got what they want to see, they'll watch. And every promoter, Bill Watts, it, the same thing about the, when we have bad weather in the territories and you have a, you have a big card and somebody say, Bill, this weather's going to kill us. If, if we've done a good job of getting these angles in place and feeding them and building them, then the people will come if this is what they want to see, no matter what. And he's right, more often than not. SmackDown Live, you know, Becky and Charlotte still show again. It's getting kind of old. I say that. I'm, I'm being facetious. I love it. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair had the best executed and structured story currently, in my view, in WWE. Not just in their in their gender, in in all of WWE. They have raised the bar again for women, in the standpoint that you can see their their matches are have inherent physicality. The old deal. Oh, she runs like a girl. I don't, I don't. I don't know what that means. I, I've seen men that run like a girl, uh, and wrestlers that are run like women running. <laughs> uh, I just want to use my pet peeve. I used to hate seeing wrestlers make a, the run down the ramp, and some of them couldn't run a damn lick. They looked awkward running. It was embarrassing. That's another topic for another day. But these ladies are physical, and they have great athleticism. Uh, they're taking chances. They're laying their stuff in. They're believable. They have great facial expressions. They believe what they're doing. And now they're headed to a last woman standing match, which I'm expecting would be fabulous. Good to see Big Show back. Looks in great shape. Had some, had, I know he had hip surgery. Lost a lot of weight. Looks really good. Big old Paul's a nice man, and I hope that his, uh, loss, losing that weight is going to help him live longer. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, two of my guys, he and Randy. Uh, and I thought that their finish was right on the money. I mentioned this on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. Uh, it didn't hurt for Big Show to lose in his current role and uh, to Randy Orton, who's, who's a full-timer in essence, uh, to Orton's finish. And uh, um, I think that if, if somebody's going to say, well, can you imagine them doing that to Andre? That's what's going to be said. It's going to be asked. Well, what about it? They would do that to Andre. 
Who are they, first of all? Pronoun boy. And secondly, uh, Andre did pass the torch at the right time, the right place, different set of circumstances, different place, different time. Piece of cake. Good booking. Good finish. Didn't hurt anybody. I've been impressed with Shelton Benjamin uh, on the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. He, he's a, he, uh, well, I can't see why he can't find something that's just going to fit him. When he, the way he was looking at AJ Styles on Tuesday night was scared the shit out of me. Shelton's in that great class we called, uh, we signed that included Brock, Cena, Batista, Orton, and Benjamin. And as I said many times on our stage shows, uh, that Shelton quite arguably was the best athlete, pure athlete of the entire group. So good job for Shelton there. I hope he gets a, a break and his push. No kidding. <laughs> did you see that? Well, did you hear that? Final overview here on what's on my mind. A little thought that's kind of been bouncing around in my empty head. And I don't mean to say this out of anger or spite or jealousy or frustration. It's just an observation of which about something that I think I know something about. I've been watching a lot of wrestling, arguably too damn much. And uh, it seems like announcers across the board are very obsessed in telling the backstories uh, and uh, the flight over, the flight back, and this and that, and, and, and telling, telling stories, the background stories, and pontificating their opinions while men and women are engaged in beating the hell out of each other and being very physical. It tells me that the announcers sometimes take these bumps these cats are taking for granted. The reality of seeing a fight right in front of you and you're there to call the fight and you're not calling the fight reeks that it's a work. I just can't get my head around that situation. And maybe I am too damned old and maybe I am stuck in the ways to old school, but your story is a story that as a broadcaster, you see on your monitor, that's your story. And if you're good enough at what you do, all the backstory content that you needed to get in that match can be, can be factored in, but at the right place at the right time and not when people are swinging. Are they kicking? Are they drop kicking? Are they bouncing around? Or taking big bumps, and especially don't continue business as usual uh, when somebody wins or loses. There's more work to be done. So it's all a matter of getting the talent over. They make the music. The announcers write the lyrics, and I just hear across the board so much uh, rhetoric going on. Their audio doesn't match the video. And if you hear that long enough, incessantly enough, you will disconnect. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. Boy, some of the most enjoyable times of my life was working on the WWE 2K games. The King and I had a blast, enjoyed working with each other. I would go to Memphis more often than not, and we'd do our voiceovers there, which also meant you know, a lot of food that we both didn't need. You know, it was my macaroni and cheese trip. And, of course, a little Memphis barbecue. I love working on this game because you got to see it develop and evolve. And that's what we see right now. The WWE 2K Deluxe Edition, folks, is available right now. Right now. Uh, all you got to do is go to www.2k.com uh, to get yours. 
And the headline is, of this game is Never Say Never, the most creatively booked video game that I have ever enjoyed, that I've ever read about, that I've ever researched. Uh, just amazing how, how this thing has progressed. And, of course, she got a chance also to win a million bucks. That's got to answer you some. Get your copy of WWE 2K19 and earn your right to play against cover superstar AJ Styles. That's how Renee used to introduce AJ when she interviewed him backstage. My guest at this time, AJ Styles. I love that. Only a woman could do that and get away with it, I think. And I, that's a compliment. But you got a chance to play old AJ to win a million bucks. Think you have what it takes to take down the phenomenal one and walk away with one million dollar? So what you do is you go to www.2k.com slash million dollar challenge for more information on how to enter. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't enter, why you wouldn't log on immediately and have a chance to win a million bucks. The other thing about this game is that uh, there's there's all kinds of new stipulations. There's new challenges, uh, you know, uh, that you can talk smack. It's a, it's a damnedest thing. You're going to love this. And if you're a dad and you got a, a kid that plays some video games, buy the kid the game and play. It's a nice father-son thing, right? At least maybe your wife will buy it. I don't know. It's a great game, though. And what a roster. Good Lord. A massive playable roster. The WWE 2K19 roster, ladies and gents, is the biggest one yet and loaded with your favorite superstars, legends, and Hall of Famers alongside the NXT favorites, which I think is really cool. That's a, can you imagine just getting your run started and you're in NXT? You haven't even brought, been brought up to the main roster yet, and boom, you're on a video game? That's, that's, that's a dream come true for all these guys and gals. You can play as superstars of today, such as AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Big Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, as well as the legendary Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock, Andre the Giant, and so many more uh, amazing legends. With more than 200 playable superstars, the amount of dream matches that you can create, think about that, is truly unlimited. If you're a fantasy booker like I am sometimes, and sometimes we take the internet and, and, uh, and uh, all the social media too seriously, you want to be a booker? Here you go. And think of the matches you can book uh, and the territory you can book. You'll have a blast this game, folks. It is WWE 2K19 Deluxe Edition. It has never been better. Never say never. All you got to do is go to WWE.2K.com to get yours. I promise you, you're going to love it. Don't forget, everybody, still to come, uh, Matt Hardy will be joining us and uh, talking about all things in Hardyland in North Kakalaki. Always a good conversation with future Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Uh, but right now, it is Slobberknocker of the Week time. Uh, a lot of candidates this week uh, contributed by producer Ted and Raphael, my, the Richard Lewis of our team. You see Richard Lewis on uh, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm? That's Raphael, except Raphael's Cuban. Nothing wrong with that. So was Castro. Uh, but Raphael submitted this. I, I felt... I appreciate it. My wife, Jan, my late wife, Jan, loves Stevie Nicks. Uh, I think we own two Stevie Nicks stage-worn uh, dresses, and le- all uh, framed in letterbox uh, uh, in storage. 
and she would love this, that Stevie Nicks has been uh, nominated for the 2019 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and pending vote. Uh, so I'll, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing this for my own feel good. If Jan was here, she'd love the fact that Stevie Nicks is nominated. And if Stevie Nicks gets inducted, uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'll be buying tickets to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a trip to Cleveland. But uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, New York Jets running back Isaiah Crow had a he had a hell of a game, maybe a career game, because the son of a gun averaged 14.6 yards a carry. Uh, on 15 carries, he, he rushed for 219 yards. He's got to be considered there. And, you know, the, the Jets are looking for good news, and they're getting some. Uh, snapped, they had they snapped a three-game uh, losing streak. So uh, that's good for them. i got a lot of friends in New York that are Jets fans, including Taz. Taz, I think, is a Buffalo Bills fan, though. Uh, Los Angeles Rams head coach, 32-year-old Sean McVay. I swear to God, I have jackets that are 32 years old. They're 5-0 and there in L.A. He's a hell of a coach. Certainly a slobber knocker of the week candidate. So is my my boy Baker Mayfield, uh, quarterback, another start. Got his first win in Cleveland. First uh, Cleveland start. Happened to be at home. They beat a tough team, boy. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens come to fight. Love that passion. And the Browns got the 12-9 victory. And I, here's the bottom line. Baker Mayfield's teammates are starting to believe in him. I've said all along he's a baller. He, not unlike any of us, are perfect. But this kid can play football, and he can lead men. He's a good kid. And again, I revert back to the fact that he's still got his mom and dad together and uh, influencing his life in a positive way. Boy, we all need that, right? Uh, WWE deserves congratulations for the production of the big event down in Melbourne last weekend. As I said, I've seen highlights of it. Uh, I have not watched the entire show, to be totally honest. I was a little bit busy last weekend uh, getting woodshedded by the Texas Longhorns. But uh, congratulations to them because it's a huge team effort of production people, not just the wrestlers who get the glory and the biggest money, but the ring's there. The ropes are on it. The chairs are set up. The lighting grid's in place. Lights, camera, action, all there. So good job by everybody there. Uh, This is kind of an off-the-wall one. Uh, I'm not sure if Ted or Raphael contributed this. I, I like it, so it's making air. Lady Gaga, uh, her performance in A Star is Born is amazing, no doubt. It really is. Some people just don't like her because she tattooed it up or whatever. And she's been kind of a lightning rod at times. She's, re- she's rebuilding her career. She's redefining herself. I applaud that because she didn't have to. What she was doing was making her a lot of money. She's reinventing her career. Good talent. And I uh, appreciate her courage to change. It's something that wrestlers should do more often. Change. Be willing to change. Have the courage to change your routine. Uh, I thought that for in-ring performance, uh, Khabib's performance in choking out Conor McGregor at USC uh, 229 was pretty damn impressive. Uh, But we have more on the post-match a little bit later. But uh, I got to give the Slobber Knock of the Week award, folks, this week to Drew Brees. Drew Brees! New Orleans Saints quarterback. He's uh, too short to make it. He wasn't recruited. Here's another another quarterback from the state of Texas that Texas didn't recruit. 
I don't think Oklahoma did either. And so uh, he just broke the record, by the way. He's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, obviously. He became the NFL's all-time leading passer, a record formerly held by Peyton Manning. Uh, and, uh, you know, Drew Brees has overcome the odds. Drew Brees reminds me, or I should, say, I should say Baker Mayfield reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees in stature and overachieving and having a personality that, that just emits enthusiasm and I want to play with you. You're my quarterback. And so Drew Brees is our slobber knocker of the week. Uh, congratulations, Drew. You could get some barbecue sauce just any day now. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Oh, son of a bitch. As I mentioned earlier, folks, uh, our book, Slobber Knocker, My Life in Wrestling, is uh, still available in, in force at Amazon.com. Check it out. Uh, it's available in, in audio, uh, ebooks, and the hardcover. We'll be taking our book with us to the Chris Joko cruise in a couple of weeks. So we'll have books on, on the ship, on the cruise. If you'd like to buy one and have me personalize it and sign it, I'll be, I would love to. So, uh, Slobberknocker, Amazon.com. Thank you very much. Because if you don't have that book, if you haven't read it at all, you haven't thought about reading it, you don't want to read it. I don't read books. You might be pet coon goofy because somebody on this following list is going to be named this week's pet coon goofy award winner. Okay, a lot of a lot of uh, some silliness here. Atlanta Falcons. What happened to you? Where'd you go? Uh, Matt Ryan got sacked six times on Sunday. How much longer do you think he's going to last at that rate? Exactly. Falcons shockingly bad with a one and four record. Boy, there, there's something pet coon goofy stuff going on there. Another team in the NFL, the Denver Broncos defense. Good God Almighty. They gave up 512 yards to the Jets and a rookie quarterback. So, not good, Denver. Not good. And they're known for their defense, too, and they got some stars over there. They got some stars over there. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., what the hell are you thinking, man? He does this taped interview uh, during an ESPN national pregame show on Sunday with rapper Lil Wayne at his side. We all know we do better when we do interviews with Little Wayne at our side. And, of course, it seemed like uh, Odell was questioning the play calling. So that's that's kicking the off offensive coordinator. And everything he says goes back to the head coach as well because the head coach has got in charge. He kind of left Eli Manning out to dry when uh, he was asked about that. So here's the deal, man. Uh Eli Manning's got two Super Bowl rings. Uh, he's your quarterback, whether he's got rings or no rings. Odell, what you do and what you've done, what you said, is not helping your team. And isn't the goal to help your team, the team that's paying you massive money that you couldn't earn in any other profession with your skill set? Your job should be to make the team successful. Put the team first. But that's rarely done, seemingly, in the National Football League these days. Shame on you, Odell. You know better than that. Birthday boy Shaggy Two Dope. Remember the insane clown posse rapper? Uh, he stormed the stage at the Rock and Legion Festival during Limp Biscuit's performance and attempted to missile drop kick, it says here, singer Fred Durst. And he missed his spot. The high spot didn't go down. And he was subsequently dragged off the stage by security. 
Well, happy birthday, uh, Shaggy Two Dope, but, you know, come on, man. A little erratic behavior. I rarely talk about politics on this show, but when you talk about Pet Coon Goofy Awards, it's hard to, living in America, to have a week that, that you wouldn't want to say something about the American government and the political system of being a little Pet Coon Goofy. Because, by God, they are. Here's the thing. The Democrats and the Republican parties continue their embarrassing us first, you're wrong, mean-spirited bullshit. This lousy mentality that, first of all, is boorish. It's insecure. It's all about the money grab. It's unproductive, in my opinion. And neither party really seems to put the American citizen first. They say they do on their sound bites. But their actions in their committees and passing laws and addressing taxes, it's like Headlock on Hunger. Can you imagine if Headlock on Hunger wasn't here to help feed these kids? You think the government's going to do it? The reason these kids aren't eating is because the government doesn't provide food for them when they're not in school. So bottom line of this rhetoric, and I'm getting off the soapbox here right now in, in moments, the Democrats and the Republicans, or oh, the left side of the aisle, the right side, it's all It's bullshit. Act like responsible adults and not professional politicians. Professional politicians are the scourge of this country right now with their individual agendas and their look at us. If we're us and you're you, you got to be wrong. you got to be bad for the country because we know we're the best for the country. And both have the same story. So it's, I don't like it. I don't like it, and I'm not going to talk more about it. I'm done. Out. I'm done, Cherry. That's it. And finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the aftermath of USC 229. We know that McGregor lost to Khabib, uh, but the post-match, the post-fight thing was crazy. I got a comment from Dave Meltzer, uh, a great uh, writer as far as pro wrestling and MMA. He said he was there, and it, it was like a calamity, an ugly scene uh, that, you know, it's the biggest money fight in the history of the company. But it left questions as to whether Khabib would have his visa privileges taken away. Big deal here, folks. He ain't no visa. He ain't going to fight here and make no money. How long he's going to be suspended. Uh, the probability that to be stripped of the title at some point. Uh, all that's pending, I guess. But Dana White is thinking that Nevada will suspend him for four to six months, which would be the right time frame, according to many. Uh, and that would be kind of what he'd be waiting for his next fight anyway. So he wouldn't be stripped of the title under that situation. Uh, they did 2.4 million buys. Now, just get your little calculator out and do the math. There's too much money at stake, too much money on the table that could be put back on the table for the Nevada State Athletic Commission, the USC, or anybody to, to do much more than slap uh, Khabib and, and Connor on the wrist. They're not going to get punished for anything major. And then my question is, well, what's the precedent? What would you punish them? What is right and what's wrong? What's the, what's the, what's the, uh, the rule book that we go by? I don't know that. I don't know that. I talked to Brian Alvarez as well, kind of felt the same way, that uh, the money's going to talk much louder uh, than, uh, uh, than anything else. And you can't not have your prime money earners, and that includes Conor McGregor, perhaps at the very top of the list, obviously. So uh, I just felt that that was handled poorly. They're going to get they're going to get obligatory 
slaps on the wrist. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you'd do to him anyway. If you suspend, why would you suspend him? My question would be, why would you suspend him? They gave the audience kind of what they wanted. The whole hype was built around, uh, uh, part of the hype was built around Connor and his incident in Brooklyn. He's still in trouble for that, I guess. Very erratic behavior during his off time, shall we say, wink, wink. So bottom line here is that uh, because of the money involved, because the almighty dollar, because of the you know debt service and all those things for a company like the USC after being bought by bought out from the Fertitas and Dana, that uh, you got to be conscious of the bottom line. And I don't think that's I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. All I'm saying is everybody should be be honest about it. You you give them a little something six months, and 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 by then they'll be back in shape. They'll be fit to fight again and uh, not on this collision course of weight loss and weight cuts and brain scrambled and things of that nature. Not a good night for USC in Las Vegas. I am proud they've made a lot of money for their company, their families, the fighters. That's the game. That's the bottom line, as Stone Cold would say. So this week's award winner, the Petcoon Goofy Award, goes to the post-match assailants in the brawl of USC 229. You know, folks, one of the most important things that we do for our health every day, every day, is brushing our teeth. Yet most of us don't do it properly. I didn't for a long time. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple more affordable, and even more enjoyable. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I like a lot of things about this my Quip toothbrush. I got one from my house. I got one from my road trips. I never leave home for a trip without my Quip toothbrush. It may sound weird. Oh, JR's getting a little crazy in his old age. No, I want to take care of my teeth. I don't want to go to the dentist every little bit and, and incur dental bills for no reason because I didn't maintain my teeth. Well, the Quip uh has sensosonic vibrations, which means that it's gentle on your gums. Big deal for me. And, uh, and the reason for that is people brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are just simply too damn abrasive. Now, I like the built-in two-minute timer because of this. Uh, 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't even clean evenly. Uh, this has a timer on it that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you that you got to switch sides. It helps guide for a full and even clean. And that's smart. Why have other people done that? So you got a built-in timer. Two minutes. You got two minutes to take care of your, your teeth? I hope so. If not, your dentist does as he rubs his hands together looking for your cash. So uh, the brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, $5. And why is that? Well, it's because three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. Quip is the first of the electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association folks, and they got thousands of verified five-star reviews. How good is that? I got to tell you, folks, I love Quip, Q-U-I-P, by the way. I love it because it has taught me how to better care for my mouth, my gums, my teeth. And I should have known it a long time ago. 
I, I now brush long enough and thoroughly enough thanks to the Quip toothbrush. And that's just one of the reasons I like Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, And if you go to getquip.com slash JR right now, you get your first refill pack for free with Quip electronic toothbrush. It's a pretty good deal, huh? Get Quip, Q-U-I-P.com slash JR right now, and you get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free, ladies and gentlemen, at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash J-R. And get to brushing. It is time for This Week in Wrestling. I know you've been waiting for it with bated breath. What the hell is bated breath? Is that like fish bated breath? Tuna breath? What is that? Bated breath. Well, This Week in Wrestling uh, has some interesting events and it's an interesting timetable, including 32 years ago in the Cotton Bowl. Boy, they had to rub it in, boys. So I'll do a little Cotton Bowl reference after JR's team got their ass whipped and last Saturday got woodshedded by the steers. All I know is, folks, if where I come from, a steer ain't got no balls. In Dallas on uh, the 12th of this month, October 12th, 1986, the big third annual Cotton Bowl extravaganza, Bruiser Brody in the main event, defeated Abdul the Butcher. You think they got some juice in the steel cage match? A little bloody, maybe? Kevin Von Eric defeated the champion Black Bart, very underrated talent, by the way to earn the WCCW World Heavyweight title. Uh, the team of Matt Bourne and Buzz Sawyer, boy, they were good. They were, they're a team that a lot of people don't talk about. You can't believe how good they were and that they could have been. Uh, they defended their tag titles against the Dingo Warrior, who became the Ultimate Warrior, and Steve Simpson. Of course, they had to protect everybody on the babyface side, so they beat them by DQ. Yuck. 29 years ago, kids, London Arena, the first ever WWF UK event known as UK Rampage. It is said they had 15,000 fans in attendance at the London Arena to see Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth in his corner defend his WWF title against the Macho Man Randy Savage with Queen Sherry in his corner. The launch of an amazing run, amazing love affair with the fans of the United Kingdom and WWF, now WWE, of course. Well, it was 20 years ago today. Sergeant Pepper, no, that's not the song. 20 years ago, uh, October the 12th, 1998, uh, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, ladies and gentlemen, Uniondale, New York, 10,000 plus in attendance. It was Monday Night Raw in what may have been the greatest episode in the history of the Raw broadcast, according to some. After Triple H vacated the Intercontinental title due to a knee injury, uh, WWF at the time booked a tournament to decide a new champion, which was won by Ken Shamrock, uh, by submission over X-Pac, Sean Waltman, who's on this very network with a great podcast, by the way. And then the main event featured Stone Cold and The Rock. Remember those guys? Uh, versus the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker. And, of course, uh, earlier in the show that many people remember forever, Stone Cold filled Mr. McMahon's Corvette with cement. 
That was pretty funny, I thought. 19 years ago, this wasn't funny at all, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't funny at all for me. In the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Monday Night Raw, 33,000-plus in attendance. It was Edge and Christian versus my guest later on today, Matt Hardy, his brother Jeff. It ended in a double countout in a tag team matchup. Uh, the Godfather defeated Mark Henry in a Hojack match. I don't recall what a Hojack match is, but I do know what a cluster is. I do know what cows on ice look like because Stone Cold Steve Austin had the unfortunate obligation of carrying me as his tag team partner versus Triple H and China. Here's what I remember. I remember getting my face smashed when uh, Joni gave me a pedigree on those damn six-inch heels. Not that I'm a trained bump taker anyway, but it was very, very ugly. Ugly. So, uh, big night for everybody and uh, big success. 33,000 folks at a TV taping, TV show, not bad at all. Here's a very poignant memory. 17 years ago, October 14, 2001, Madison Square Garden, New York City, Sunday matinee show, uh, include an intro I did in the ring addressing the previous month's 9-11 attacks and honoring the New York police, fire, and emergency services crews that were in attendance. That was big for me, to have the, Vince McMahon have the confidence to me to go in the ring and make this proclamation and presentation to honor these uh, first responders. Big honor. I appreciate things like that very much uh, from the chairman. That was a, We had a hell of a show that day. Great, Some really good matches. Some, I remember hey, Undertaker and Booker T had a great match. Uh, Kurt Angle and William Regal had an outstanding contest in, in X-Pac to Jerry for the uh, lightweight title, light heavyweight title. Dudley Boys took on Bradshaw and Farouk. That was a slobber knocker. Apologize later, kids. And, uh, of course, the main event, The Rock defeated Stone Cold. The Rock was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Stone Cold was the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And they were they uh, that match uh, was the reason the reason that match came out like it was it did the Dudley boys those damn Dudleys interfered for disqualification and then finally this is seven years ago is it really it's only been seven years it seems like a time far far away far away October 10, 2011. seven years ago jeez Chesapeake Energy Arena Oklahoma City. Uh, in less than an hour into his tenure as the interim Raw general manager, John Laurinaitis uh, would fire Jr. after calling him an ingrate for uh, uh, walking out of Triple H the previous week. I just did what the script called for, Johnny. Well, you're an ingrate. You're an ingrate. You, you left Triple H, and you're the only guy that you left him. Compelling oratory. Compelling. Bottom line, OJR got the pink slip one more time. All righty here. Uh, well, they say it's your birthday. I'm going to celebrate your birthday. Big birthday week uh, for a lot of things. Celebration week on Thursday, the 11th this month, the great, late, great Dusty Rhodes would have been 73. And man, could he, could he have had a, any better birthday gift than his Texas Longhorns beating my Sooners in the Cotton Bowl? No, I can answer that conclusively. So uh, I even got uh, uh, some communication from Cody and from Teal, his sister. You know, they, they know that their dad and I had legendary 
arguments, debates, if you will, baby. Are you Nathathan? Are you an errand boy? So, uh, happy birthday, Dust. I love you, buddy. See Jennifer wandering around. Tell her hello. Uh, Taz. Thursday's birthday for Taz. Mo broadcast partner. Very successful right now. CBS Radio. He's a big shot. He's making lots of money. He's farting through silk. 51 years of age. Congratulations, buddy. Uh, the uh, North American champion, Ricochet, is 30. A whopping 30. On Friday, uh, the former member of uh, Teddy Long's Thug and the Bug and Enterprises, Rodney Mack, be 48. Rodney is the husband of Jazz, and she is the NWA women's champion and a hell of an athlete. Jazz was a great basketball player in college, a, a very tough point guard, and tough to say the least. On Saturday, the late great uh, Killer Kowalski would have been 92. Boy, what a career he had, and what a body. What, he just, what a nice man. He really was a nice man. He's, his biggest uh, contribution as a teacher was Triple H. On Sunday, one half the WWE Hall of Fame tag team, the Black Jacks, uh, Jack Lanza, will be 83. Jack was a huge, huge uh, part of our team in talent relations as an agent on the road and, you know, providing me information and feedback and things of that nature. Great set of eyes on the road and a, and a very smart guy, former school teacher. Jack Lanza, 83 on Sunday. Uh, Nikolai Volkov would have been 71. I, I can't think of anybody in wrestling that is more well-liked universally uh, than Nikolai. Owen Hart comes to mind. Nikolai was th that same kind of guy. There's nothing I like better than little Waylon Mercy. Danny's 5, 66 years old on Sunday. I love the Waylon Mercy character. I just wish that Danny had been able to uh, acquire that in-ring persona a little earlier in his career because he would have been printing money, baby. Big money. The late Buzz Sawyer, 59 years old this Sunday. The WWE Babe of the Year in 2004, Stacy Keebler, 39. I bet she's just as beautiful today as she was, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. On uh, Also this Sunday, uh, the eldest daughter of Eddie and Vicky Guerrero, Raquel, she'll be 28. I remember when she was just a little bitty baby. On Monday... IWGP Tag Team Champion Tamatonga will be 36. I'll tell you, folks, uh, that team uh, in the match with the Young Bucks, they they went to a different level in my eyes. Uh, Tonga Loa, Tamatonga, uh, they showed great athleticism, but what they give you is some raw, guttural, animalistic tendencies. They make you feel like they will kill you. And probably, for most of us, they could. I like that team. I like their passion, their motor. They make you believe. That's part of the battle. On Tuesday, uh, Missy Hyatt will be 55. I did a lot of TV with Missy in the old days, and not as much in Mid-South because she was a valet, uh, but with uh, NWCW uh, on our, the Sunday show, we did the wraparounds together. I'm told that they're all over uh, YouTube, those wraparounds. I haven't seen them, but I was told that. So Missy will be uh, 55 years old on Tuesday. Happy birthday to her. Uh, and also, another big birthday on Tuesday. He'll be on the Chris Jericho Cruise. I'm talking about the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega. 
Kenny Omega, 35 years old this Tuesday. And, of course, Kenny Omega on Friday night will defend his IWGP heavyweight title on Access TV at 8, 7 Central against Tomohiro Ishii in a slobber knocker. Not for the weak at heart. You're going to love it. Check it out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, kids, remember now, I got the cake. You can bring the candles. We'll have a party. Happy birthday, everybody. As we continue to grow here in the program and thank all of you for your contributions to that, uh, our show has is earning great numbers. We're very proud of our growth and where we're trending. And uh, we're being noticed by major advertisers, including a new sponsor this week, Loot Crate. Uh, you know, you wonder, Loot Crate is like the Mac Daddy of, of, this, of, the, of the crate thing. And they do a lot of great stuff. We'll talk about that here momentarily. But they got a special project right now called Slam Crate. And you might say, well, what is Slam Crate? Well, it's actually WWE Slam Crate, a bi-monthly subscription box that's delivered direct to your door with exclusive WWE collectibles, apparel, and gear only available from WWE Slam Crate. They curate and design everything themselves. You won't find any of these items anywhere else, which is very cool. Celebrate your true love of WWE with this one-of-a-kind WWE Slam Crate. Now, folks, the October theme is awesome. This is a great deal. It ain't going to last long. The October deal is awesome. It features WWE legends, including the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, the Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Razor Ramon. All crates include an exclusive high-quality T-shirt and a brand-new Slam Stars action figure. It's a hell of a deal. Hell of a deal. You know, I mentioned earlier about uh, Loot Crate and their success, their growth. Loot Crate themselves has sold over 30 million crates. That's a lot of crates, folks. They're doing something right. And uh, this is a, a curated collection of one-of-a-kind WWE items. As I said, the October package is amazing. The Slam Crate packs $60 plus of value into each crate for less than $35 a month. Can't lose. WWE Slam Crate is powered by Loot Crate, which also offers 16 other awesome crates from gaming to pop culture. Subscribe now, folks, and give yourself a birthday present every single month. Now, here's the deal. This crate, and this is not hyperbole. No JR talking straight to you here. This crate's going to sell out. You must order this week to guarantee yours as this is going to sell out. Don't delay. Get the best surprises each month from the leader. Celebrate your love of WWE with the WWE Slam Crate. Hey, who knows? You might even find some JR in there one of these days. Subscribe now by going to lootcratecom slash JR and enter my code JR to save an exclusive 25% off your subscription. You hear me? That's a big deal. Subscribe now by going to lootcratecom slash JR and enter my code JR to save an exclusive 25% off your subscription. It's amazing. You've got mail. I hope you enjoyed the show today, folks. It's mailbag time. Man, we've got a packed, packed house here, right? Packed house, packed show. Remember, you can email us at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Uh, 
uh, and producer Ted will look at those. If you are out there and wondering about how do I get a hold of JR for an appearance uh, or some sort of a, a show, we do our stage show or autograph appearances or things of that nature, uh, that can, you send that there too. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And Ted will, will read it and see it, and he'll make sure that I, I get it. Simple. That's what you do. That's what producers do. Uh, mailbag includes from Brendan Ricker of Johnson City, Tennessee. JR, with the Royal Rumble coming up in the next few months, January 27th at the Chase Field in Phoenix. That's a big deal, folks. Think about it. Outdoors. I love that. Uh, tickets on sale uh, this Friday, depending on when you're listening to the show, but imminently. And you want to get yours early because they won't last long. The great seats will be gone quick on that deal. He's, he, uh, Brendan wants to know what my favorite, uh, most memorable Royal Rumble was that I was a part of. There's a lot of them that are really, really good, quite frankly. You know, I didn't, I didn't broadcast the uh, Ric Flair 90, 1992 Royal Rumble where he went coast to coast and won the title. So uh, that didn't make the qualifications list on, as this was uh, asked. I'd say probably 2001. Austin came back after a hiatus. He he wins it. Uh, the the card. If you look back at that card, and some of you will, uh, look at who all was in it. How the matches. How the final four evolved to be. How the show started. The, the Royal Rumble match started. So 2001 seemed to be uh, real prominent in my memory bank. There, Brennan, from Dan in St. Helens, Merseyside, United Kingdom. Hope this email finds you fine. I'm a longtime fan, but a recent listener to your show, which as a seasoned wrestling fan, I really do enjoy. I was very interested to hear your discussion of the Brie Bella, Liv Morgan incident a few weeks back. My question is this. What are the mechanics when something like that goes wrong? Well, it's pretty simple. You, uh, you, 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 your referee's got to be the guy. He's the person in the ring. Now, if somebody off camera sees an uh, uh, issue that needs to be rectified, they can talk to the referee through his earpiece. But basically, I'm of the belief that the referee has to be the, the, the conscious of that match. And, and his, the safety of the performers is first and foremost. And maybe in that situation, that was missed. Human error. But it's generally uh, the referee should be the, the trigger, trigger guy. But the folks in the back can see exactly what's going on as well with many, many cameras to say, we've got to stop the match or not. From Colin Johnson in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, JR, big, big fan of your work for many years now. I've, I've been a fan of wrestling ever since I saw the Million Dollar Man stuff money down some guy's throat. It's classic. Do you think the Velveteen Dream will win a singles championship before he leaves NXT? Probably. Don't know why he wouldn't. He just texted me. And I don't know why, uh, uh, why it matters. I like your question. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being a jerk here, Colin. Uh, Velveteen Dream's going to be a huge star. Huge star. He just got to stay focused, continue up his game, work on the psychological side of the, of the business, uh, his ring psychology more specifically. This kid's got everything. Natural charisma, amazing athlete, and drive to be the best, the likes I haven't seen in a long time. From Robert in Missouri, Jr. I know on TV the pop was insane when Triple H made his in-ring return in 2002 on Raw uh, January 7th in the Garden. What was the crowd like in the building when he returned on that snowy night in Madison Square Garden? Well, you heard it. 
that's when you lay out as an as an announcer. You you should lay out uh, at least a good sections of that of that natural audio. Nothing an announcer can say, no tone, no inflection, no cute words, no cliches can match what your paying customers will provide you when they are emotionally invested in a performer and or a performance. It was off the hook. It made chills run up your spine. It made me glad I had that job. It made me glad I was still a wrestling fan and that I was sitting at ringside in Madison Square Garden on this epic moment. I was a very lucky guy to be able to experience that. From Phil Gogol, longtime fan, relatively new podcast listener. Absolutely love the content you put out. Thank you, sir. What are your thoughts on the premise of NXT brand expansion around the globe? Uh, global, global localization is what Triple H calls it. To develop feeder systems in other countries. Smart move. The, the, the ongoing search for the next big thing never ends. You never will ever have in any promotion enough stars. And fans in general of every promotion like new quality are quality new. New, certainly, but not just any new. Good new. And so I think it's a smart move. All you got to do is find one or two, one here, one there. And, you know, some of those guys I mentioned earlier about the class we signed that went to OVW, which is a celebrated big uh, thousandth anniversary show as well. Congratulations to those cats. Uh, they're in Louisville. But, you know, when, when you sign, uh, you get a Lesnar and a Cena and a Batista and an Orton and a Benjamin, that lays the foundation for years to come. Think about it. Just do the math and see when guys debuted Wikipedia, the damn thing, Google. You, you set yourself up for a long time if you find the right people. And that's just, so you never stop looking for the right people and you never have enough stars. And finally, from Robert in Tucson, JR, I really liked your conversation with Bill Watts. Also, 30 liked your description of the Kentuckians and the impact they had on your young life. Young wrestling fan, JR. Do you know if Leroy McGurk had anyone he regarded as a favorite or toughest opponent? And you hit the nail on the head here, Robert. It was Danny McShane, as best I know. Uh, Leroy was a shooter. Leroy was a former national champion. Uh, Leroy had a, uh, was a little edgy. He only had sight in one eye as an amateur and as a pro. Uh, but Leroy fashioned himself as the baddest guy to match. And probably more often than not, he was by a large margin. And sometimes you like to exercise that. The thing about Danny McShane, he was also old school tough. Don't think he had all the formal training that Leroy had at Oklahoma State, being a national champion, et cetera. But he was tough. And tough guys like that enjoy working together because they don't have to worry about being a little snug, just as long as they're safe. So I think Leroy talked many times about Danny McShane and McShane being a really a tough guy uh, and one that the fans could believe in. And if you're a babyface like McGurk was more often than not, you want to be able to sell, and you had the heel had to be able to bring it because you don't want to sell bad stuff. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not an acapella out there. It's a two-way street. But Leroy loved Danny McShane. And, folks, that is our, our mailbag this week. Remember – uh, email me at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com, and uh, we will appreciate that. Any ideas, feedback, suggestions, we're open to your show as much as it is mine, and uh, I appreciate that. So that's the mailbag as we continue to roll on here. 
Well, all the way from North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, he dodged the hurricane. He is Matt Hardy. Matt, how are you, buddy? I'm very well. How are you, Joe? I'm good, man. Thanks for ju- thanks for jumping on with us. Did you uh, uh, have an easy time with the hurricane that passed through there a week ago? Uh, no, I, I really didn't. Uh, I was away on the road. I actually had to leave. I was doing it was the, the last two bookings that I had that were that I was advertised for my last two advertised bookings for WWE on live events. And I actually had to leave on the Thursday evening so I could get out because it looked like North Carolina and all the airports were going to shut down on Friday. So Friday, it wasn't too terribly bad. Saturday morning when my wife woke up and her and the kids went downstairs in our basement, our basement was flooded, and we had about five or six inches of water in it. Mm. And our basement just isn't a, a, a normal basement. It's, it's a big space. It's probably 2,000 square feet. Uh, and then we have a 500-foot theater on it. And the theater was a new. It was an addition. Uh, we had just added a, a few years ago, so it was actually okay. It, it held up, but something had happened where our original foundation drain had got clogged up, and it just rained nonstop for three, four days. So yeah. then all this this water got accumulated, didn't have anywhere to go because there was a, a stoppage there, and then uh, it just came in through the foundation. So like we rushed. We have like the ten arcade machines down there. We have five pinball machines. We got those things raised and. Uh, my gym equipment's my gym equipment. Uh, we can kind of make sure that that stuff's all right. But we had to, you know, take out a lot of our drywall. We had to take out all the carpeting that was down there. My wife did a lot of really extra work on it to make it really special and nice. So it was a it was a big house on a big handful for a couple of weeks. It was nonstop work, but in the big scheme of things, everything will be okay. And my family is safe and sound, and, and that's what's most important. You know, these monetary things you can replace, and, and they come and go. But the most important thing is that uh, you know my kids and wife were safe. Amen, buddy. No doubt about that. Uh, in your area, does does your homeowner's insurance address uh, flooding and, and natural disasters of that ilk? Or, or how, how do you handle that kind of thing? Because that's something a lot of us don't even think about until it's too late or the moment's over. Now what? Did you have a now what moment or was you covered all along? You're, you're, you're very right, too. Uh, we weren't completely covered just because uh, we typically don't have floods here. Uh, so, like, there is some coverage on flood insurance, but there is a very limited amount, and that's something you never think about unless you specifically have a flood insurance. I know I talked to some of the guys. Roman Reigns is, is a good instance. Uh, you know, those guys and, and Bray Wyatt, they, they were forced in Florida to have flood insurance when you're in some certain location. It's a requirement in some areas. Here it's not because, you know, we don't typically have that, that, that much flooding or, you know, that kind of weather. But obviously with uh, a hurricane is downpouring uh, torrential uh, downfall on you for four days, you're going to have some issues. So some of it was covered, some of it wasn't, some of it is coming out of pocket, but you know, fortunately I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. So certainly it's yeah. going to be all right. But yeah, well, it's, hit, it's something to think about going forward. You hit the nail on the head though, earlier saying the bottom line is your family's good. So that's, that's what you look for. Hey, uh, when you're working on your, your basement down there with all your memorabilia and stuff, did you, were you able to say that, uh, that highly desirous high voltage, uh, stuff, you know, because a lot of people, you know, uh, yeah, we, high voltage is big, baby. It's big in Oklahoma. Yeah, now. yeah, baby. You know, yeah, it should be. High voltage, high vo- every day of the clock was near your shock. <laughs> Old fans will know that. But, yeah, like uh, that, obviously we have all, all myself and Jeff's figures that were displayed down there in a lot of ways. It's kind of like, you know, a, a man cave that was in the arcade. And, you know, th- there's uh, uh, different figures than myself and Jeff. I, ha- I have over 200 down there. I think there's around 225 or whatever, and it's growing a little bit now because we have new figures coming out, obviously. But, like, uh, my, my my wife got down there. She grabbed all that stuff. She got it elevated and raised and got it out of harm's way. And 
you know, we have some water damage, and there's a, a couple of things. One thing that one thing that got damaged that I was very frustrated about is whenever we returned to WrestleMania 33, myself and and brother Nero, uh, my brother, there we had a a new cardboard stand up of the two of us, and that got that got damaged and ruined in the mm. storm. But you know, all that stuff once again, that material stuff can be replaced. And we can figure it out and make it work. So in, in the big scheme of things, we're going to be okay. It's just like a long, frustrating, annoying situation I have to deal with. Yeah, it really is. When you're dealing with insurance people, you know, when you get my age, you have to start dealing with uh, Medicare. And every three days you get something from the AARP wanting you to join. And I ain't retiring, so I don't need well, I need to join the AARP. That's just me. Maybe somebody's got a better story that can help me out with that deal, you know. Uh, no, good old, good old Jim Ross running strong, baby. I don't, yes. I don't see anyway. I don't see you ever retiring. No, I don't. And I, someone asked me that this morning. When are you going to retire? And I said, and do what? I love what yeah. I'm doing. I really do. Yeah. I love talking to guys like you that I've known for a long time. I love doing this podcast. I love doing my stage shows. I'm writing a second book. You know, I I love my life. So if I stop, why would you stop doing something you love if you're still able to do it? That's my question. I uh, I am I am with you 100. Uh, percent It's funny you just it just because you bring up that word retiring being a big buzzword and a lot of people have used it with me. You know, right now I'm kind of at a crossroads where I'm not 100 percent sure of what my in ring future is. But as far as my uh, television role on WWE, there will 100 percent be something in the future. I'm not sure in what capacity exactly, but like retiring is something that I I will never do. Like I'm so passionate about this. I mean, this is uh, a love of mine, obviously, being involved in the wrestling industry. And, and just like you, it, it, you know, if you can't do it in uh, the capacity you did years and years ago, you know, like doing this, having a podcast, you know, or just being involved in some way, shape, or form, you know, I, I'll always be involved in, in, in some way. Uh, retirement is, is not something that will be in, in my future. <laughs> Have uh, have uh, WWE talked to you about a producer role? See, it used to be, the, the the guys that put the matches together were, and hopefully they're they're doing a good job of serving as mentors, because the roster is very young in, in a lot of ways. My just at least in my estimation, but the WWE roster we're talking about, and mm-hmm. some of those kids are socially immature. They haven't. They're ne- they've never been in a light that shines this brightly men and women, the women then, on the other hand, are getting a massive amount of, uh, respect, uh, deserved, but they have more pressure on them than the, any woman before them has ever had. So, uh, have they talked to you about being that, uh, mentor slash producer slash agent role or, or does that interest you? It, it does. It, it, it definitely interests me. And, uh, it is something that's been talked about something I've even experimented with a little bit uh in the past and, and that could possibly be uh part of my future when i you know re- return to the company at wdb i mean i am uh very confident i'll have a, an on tv role as well but also uh a behind the scenes role and a producer role is something i think i'm destined to do it uh one day i don't i don't know if that day will be in four weeks from now or in four years or 10 years from now but I, i'm sure i'll do that at some juncture yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think you'd be very good at it because uh, you came up in a very challenging way. And uh, I'd like to talk about that for a second. The early day, what are your what are your uh, m- memories? What are the moments and when we hired you and Jeff, what are the moments that stand out to you? What what are, what are, really, what are really sticks with you from those early early days uh, coming from North Carolina to WWE? 
one of the biggest things that, that sticks with me, I think, and, and myself and Jeff, we've always been a defy the odds type guys. I don't even think Jeff really uh, thinks of that as like a catchphrase and it's like something I do. I, I do a lot more. Like I take a lot of pride in defying the odds and like, you know, proving to people that I can do something you didn't think I could do. And, and I think with Jeff, it's just in his makeup. You know, he, he doesn't really, he, he's not as much a, of a cerebral thinker. Like he said that, yeah, this producer role, that that's not all day long. Me, not so much. It's not really, not really my thing. He just goes and he does him. And, and nobody is themselves more than the charismatic enigma, Brother Nero, Jeff Hardy. You yeah. know, but as far as his early moments, I think one of the, one of the things that really stood out is we were coming to do TVs and, and you guys booked us all the time. We're very kind to us and, and we were happy to get in the car and drive because we knew it was a, a toe in the door and we were getting an opportunity. But there were guys that we worked for on the independent level in the, uh, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic area who started saying after we, we had done TV matches and, and enhancement work for a couple of years, like, hey, if you guys keep doing this, then you can't work for us. You know, because if you're on TV and, 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 and you're just and you're getting beat, you know, then then you're gonna set this precedent of, of who you are, and you're you're a loser. You're not a winner. And Jeff and I just told me said, "Well, we we disagree. We think we have enough talent to shine through and eventually be given an opportunity." And uh, and also when we go there, back in the day, we were paid two fifty when we would go, and that was way more than we were making on any independent booking. So we said, "Plus, we're making money." So you know, we were we were we were proud and happy to go there, and we had one hundred percent confidence in ourselves that we were going to succeed. And someone would say, like, hey, these are two guys who have uh, a talent and ability and a good attitude. Like, let's give them an opportunity. And fortunately for us, uh, Jim Ross was the man at that time, and you were the guy that actually gave us that opportunity. But one of the funniest stories is there was a little group that traveled together. It was myself, my brother, Jason Arndt, who became Joy Abs later, uh, Shannon Moore, who went on to work at Three Count and later came to WWE, and then Marty Garner, very famous indie guy around here, first name Sham, last name Payne. And we were like our, our group, and we always traveled together, and we had a couple other buddies. We eventually hooked up with Shane Helms and, and uh, Mike, Mike Howell, and we were kind of like, that was our clique. But we went to this one promotion that we were working for, and uh, they had a little TV deal in South Carolina and a little bit in Georgia. And he said, hey, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're going to go up there and you're going to be jobbing, doing jobs on Vince uh, uh, McMahon's TV, and that means you're going to be jobbing for me. He said because you you either got to stop doing that or you're gonna you're gonna be here and be my champions. And then you got to stop doing that. And we go okay, well we'll leave. And then when we left, our click did too. And then about <laughs> two years later, you know, we were hired. And then that guy like you know couldn't call us fast enough to apologize. So yeah. it, it was a lot of instances like that that I just we had full faith and uh, we, we we really believed in ourselves and we knew we could make this work if we if we worked hard enough and had the right attitude. You know, Matt, from a philosophical standpoint, every now and then I get I get in this mindset, and I attribute some of it, like I do a lot of my mistakes in life now, to my old age. Uh, you know, it's always that excuse, uh, well, I didn't hear that. I, my hearing's not what it used to be, or my memory's not as good, or whatever. And uh, one of the things that bothers me, has bothered me in my entire career in wrestling business, are the uh, people that they talk in the rib on the square thing, which some people don't understand what the hell that is. Uh, it's when you say to somebody what you really mean, but you leave yourself an out to say, oh, I was only kidding. Come on, man. Come on, man. I was yeah. a rib. Come, really? You believe that? Or uh, trying to downsell things that, that give you no uh, hope. If, if I would have been the guy in that territory and you're going to be on WWE, 
F- WWF at that time television. Golly, man, that, that's a that's good for my shows. I'm going to put that on mm-hmm. a poster. Say straight off WWF television. <laughs> you know, one hundred percent. You make a you, you turn a negative into a positive. At least a negative in his perception, which wasn't a negative at all. Yes. So. Well, and and you also have that case of there is, and you obviously are very familiar with this. So there's a lot of delusion in the professional wrestling industry too, and 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 part of it is because you know we like enter into the ring and we play these larger-than-life characters and personas and sometimes guys just believe 100% of what they are and they can't let that go. They can't separate, you know, reality and fantasy. And and that happens often. It's even like this guy that was the promoter. He actually had a, a pretty good little show. He drew okay. And, you know, he had a little TV thing. And, you know, he thinks in his mind, oh, my God, I'm going to be the next Vincent Man. I'm going to be the next NWA, WCW, WWF, WWE. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do big business. You know, there's just, like, a lot of delusion, too, that kind of revolves around the business in some ways. And I think it's very important as you move forward and advance and grow and evolve in, in the industry that you make sure to, to keep, your show, uh, keep yourself as grounded to reality as possible. And that's something that's tough to do. And I think a lot of people lose their way as, uh, as time goes on because it's very e- it can very easily happen in this industry considering there's just so much fantasy involved in the industry in the first place. But that's one thing that I think for me personally, having kids and, and being married and having to be super accountable and super responsible for things, it really keeps me grounded in reality better than anything else. Yeah. Well, you've become very grounded because I, I was driving on up here from Norman, Oklahoma city to the cat radio station studios with uh, cumulus broadcasting who owns Westwood one, the mighty. And I was yeah. thinking, well, I saw a picture on Twitter and by the way, Matt's a great follow at Matt Hardy brand. Uh, you put, you sent out today, posted whatever the hell you call it, but nonetheless, it was you and your family, I said, what a, that's a beautiful picture. They're, everybody's happy. They're bright eyed. They're all well lo- lo- loving life. And then I'm thinking, but what, where's that young Matt Hardy? I used to know that was a real ladies man. <laughs> I said, man, our times right. have changed, right? For the that better, obviously for the better, but. It's yeah. a part of the journey, brother, and that's why somewhere along the way, uh, you guys writing a book and documenting because you're common men. You're, you're mm-hmm. not oversized. You're not D1 athletes. You didn't play at North Carolina State or North Carolina or the NFL or MMA. You're this you're mid-Atlantic indie territories. Yes, wrestling your ass right. off for nothing, and people love I mean, those that- stories. They love those stories, Matt. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think too. Like we were very inspirational and motivational to the regular Joe, the regular guy and the regular girl, because I feel like when it's all said and done, you know, I'll never be the the best wrestler or I'll never be the strongest or I'll never be the fastest or the highest flyer or have the best physique. But when you compare my passion to anyone else, it's going to be hard to measure up because I, I, I feel like I have succeeded as much as I've done in my career for passion. You know, I am probably one of the most passionate wrestlers you'll ever meet as far as, like, passion for this industry and creating the magic that is professional wrestling. You know, I agree with you. And that's an intangible. That's what you can't teach in the performance center. If you don't have the passion to do whatever it takes uh, morally and legally to prepare yourself for a career in this genre, if you don't already know you're willing to do that before you sign up, 
then you're probably not going to make it because it's a much harder road to hoe, as we say down south, than it mm-hmm. uh, than people perceive it to be. That's just my take yeah. on that. And I also believe this, man. I'll your take on it because you're closer to that age group than I am. Uh, not you're not there, but these kids, man, these twenty somethings, the uh, millennials and the thirty somethings. I don't know if they're raised differently. I don't know if they're just surrounded by different influences, but there's a strange mindset where things are oftentimes people give up too easy and they're not willing. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Well, what do you think it was going to be like Bermuda, you know, or JBL plays golf every day. Come on. Yes. It's hard. I mean, it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. To make it, you have to crawl. I mean, you have to, to, uh, you have to scratch and claw and dig and, fight and then continue fighting. I mean, it, it never ends. I mean, to, to truly make it in here. And there's so many guys, even nowadays, you know, some guys, a great athlete or does whatever and gets to go to the performance center and things work out. They have no idea how easy they've had it. But especially for someone like me, someone like Jeff, of a normal statue, normal, normal stature, uh, normal physique that isn't like some outrageously freakish athlete, like it really is. It, it's a battle to achieve it and you won't continue doing it unless you love it and you're passionate about it uh, because it's, it's, it's that hard, you know, and it's just like the way I, the, the fact that my body has held up, like it, this is 20, I've been doing this for 26 years now. October yeah. made 26 years that I've been doing this, you know, and, and the fact that my body has, has held up as good as it has is a miracle, especially, you know, considering the level and intensity of some of those matches. I mean, we had a couple years there where, you know, we were doing those TLC matches nonstop and ladder matches, table matches, cage matches. I mean, they, they were pretty intense stuff. I mean, we put our bodies through a lot of punishment. You know, and for, for my brother and I still to be hanging in there and, and still still going strong, you know, and uh, and still be healthy, is uh, we're very lucky. You know, I also chalk it up nowadays. Do I, I take especially good care of myself. But, man, this whole industry between the, the, the physical toll and then, like, the, the mental and spiritual toll, like, once you actually deal with, like, the business side of it and, like, trying to get into a certain spot or trying to actually get a certain payday or trying to get into a certain role or just whatever it may be. I mean, everything about it is taxing. And if you don't love it, you won't, you won't stay in it because it, it really is hard. It is. And the career is so tentative. You're always one thing that wrestlers have always battled. And I've been around enough NFL players. They battle the same thing. I've been around enough actors. Uh, some of my friends are making a living acting. When I go to L.A. to do voiceovers for Access TV, uh, I see them every now and then, having a social cocktail. They're the same way. Mm-hmm. That is self-doubt and right. a lack of self-esteem to a large degree where, man, I don't think I'm as good as they think I am. And when they find out what I know, I'm going to be screwed. And what's next for me? And they then we overplay things. So that's the thing I think of some of the younger guys right now and gals and guys in one, well, all, everybody under one umbrella there, Matt. But you know, I think that it seems like the, uh, the, the lack of self-confidence or the lack of drive or focus is very evident to me. And I think it's changed the wrestling styles a lot too, because guys that don't know how to wrestle, wrestle, they can fill that time or erase the hate of their fundamental ineptness by doing something sensational and risking life right. and limb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really has it really has changed uh, quite a bit, like you said, from, from that role. I mean, looking at the way 
the industry was when we first started coming around. The first time we were ever booked at WWF, WWE, was 1994. And from 1994 to 2018, it is 180 degrees different in every capacity. The locker room, uh, the, the, the vibe, the culture is 180%, is 180 degrees different, and that's a positive thing. But then, like, even the mentality and the way the guys wrestle and work is, is very different. And I think part of that is because of the Internet fans, uh, because they, they have become, and it's not just Internet fans, because the fans have the Internet, and there's so much more information accessible. And once guys start pushing it further and further and further, these fans, they kind of crave, like, a certain level of sensationalism, as you said. And, and they ask for that, and they ask for that. And, you know, it's just it's, it's a different audience. And I think... This is me personally. This is totally my opinion. I think our job is right now, if you're someone who can't do all these incredible, flashy, outrageous moves, you have to just learn what you have to do to engage the audience to entertain them. Because when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, it's important that you entertain the fans and, and you make them happy. And that doesn't necessarily mean doing, uh, you know, a double backflip off the top rope. And, and, and that you don't have to do that. There, there are ways around that. You know, there's going to be some fans that are going to be a certain fan of this genre of wrestling, or you know, there are going to be some fans who are a certain genre of like a hardcore, a hardcore style of wrestling. Some guys who want to see a brawl. There's going to be some guys. You know, you have a little bit of everything. But I think finding that happy medium and finding a way to entertain everybody is, is ultimately your goal, and especially to do it without uh, killing yourself night in and night out. You got there in '94. Uh, do you remember when your first pay per view was? Uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 our debut was at that breakdown show on heat before, which was in, uh, September or October of 98, once we were under contract. Uh, and then our first pay-per-view, I, I want to say was, was after, after we won the titles, I want to say it was, was a fully loaded the following year. You guys made because some... Go ahead. I'm after sorry. we after after we got with Michael Hayes, and then they we were repackaged, and then we were kind of given an opportunity to to grab the football and try and run run down the field. Mm-hmm. I want to ask. I forgot about Michael, and I shouldn't have. Michael's very very bright, uh, as are his as is his wardrobe, as many have seen. <laughs> Michael Hayes doesn't dress in colors; he dresses in flavors. Some days he's a large tangerine, etc. You get it, but he helped you guys, didn't he? Uh, immensely, uh, and and you know, and, and I think everyone does who knows Michael. He's a large and life personality, <laughs> one of the most entertaining, outrageous, crazy guys. Just uh, his personality it just radiates out of him, obviously. You know, and a lot of people love to poke fun at Michael because of what he wears, <laughs> or how he talks, or how he acts, and you know, I, fanny pack. I do the same. But yeah, the fanny pack. But when, when, when I look back, like, no one taught us more, especially at that point in our career, than he did. I mean, he was so instrumental in helping us turn the corner and get to the next level and be better professional wrestlers. And he was one of the ones that, one of the first pieces of advice that he said to us, he said, yeah, I know you guys do that pretty thing where you get down on all fours and your brother jumps off and does this nice acrobatic kick in the corner of that poetry in motion. He said, but you know what the fans in the front row want to see? They want to see if you can really whip someone's ass. He said, what if your brother hit that and the guy feeds out and you take his head off of the clothesline and then punch him and beat him up? He said, because that's what you need to make the people in the front front rows believe. That if they were in a fight with you, you know, maybe they'd have a chance. Damn, you're going to fight. Nah, I'm afraid you might beat me up. I'm intimidated. You might beat me up. That, that's what you got to make them believe. And that point hit, hit 
so well home to me, you know, because it, it totally made sense. And, and I started incorporating that in my arsenal more and more stumbling on. I always remember that, like, regardless of how pretty or athletic or acrobatic these moves are, you can do, when it's all said and done, the people have to believe if you really get into a fight, you could whip someone's ass. And, and that has to come through in your, in your character and your persona and your performance in the ring. It I think Michael, yeah, sure. You're right. Excuse me. I think, uh, Michael is, uh, a great example of, uh, a, a kid that was a lifelong wrestling fan in the territory era of Southern United States wrestling, you know, Michael grown up in uh, Pensacola, uh, mm-hmm. territory, Southern crazy, wild, wild west of things that like mid South where I worked for a long time for cowboy and, uh, yeah. uh, Michael was a great learned psychology man. He had a natural gift for understanding and feeling the audience. And, uh, and so I think that he, him being able to share some of that with you guys at that stage of your life was probably pretty damn smart. Yeah. I mean, and you know, there's a funny thing you're saying about Michael being creative and, uh, uh, you know, a good storyteller. Uh, and, and since I wanted to bring back whenever we were out here at my house, finally, you know, we tried weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to get some vignettes coming back. Once I were, was doing the, the Woken Matt Hardy, something to kind of run parallel to the Broken Matt Hardy stuff I did before I returned back to the WWE. And we finally, uh, you know, got Vince to bite on doing uh, a, a fight here at, at the Hardy Compound. And we did the the ultimate deletion deal with Bray Wyatt. And, and Michael Hayes, was out here, and he was kind of overseeing as, as the agent. And he said, well, Matt, I know this is your thing, and you got a lot of great ideas, and this, that, but what if you did this, 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 this? He said, this really isn't my forte. I said, no, Michael, this is your forte, because it's storytelling. You know, yeah. it, has, it has a lot of fun moments in it. It's super entertaining, but it, it is totally your forte because it's storytelling. And, and I'll be honest, like when it comes to helping someone put a story together for a match or uh, a fight or a battle, like Michael Hayes is one of the best in the world. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I was shocked, to be honest with you, pleasantly so, that uh, you got the clearance to do that, because uh, we know, you know, we know how mm-hmm. how how uh, uh, vigil vigilant Vince is about the creative, and that's why the show looks yeah. good. Whether you don't, whether yeah. you like the creative or you don't like the creative, it's another issue. The show looks good. It's got good lighting and good audio and good graphics. It's a big time production. Again, mm-hmm. this guy should be a bayfish. This guy should be a heel. I'm not talking about that, folks. I'm talking about the look of the program. It's a big-time mm-hmm. look, and it's good for all the business because the other smaller promotions now have got to pull, put their shit together and try to improve the look of their shows because networks mm-hmm. and fans are not going to take – be like saying every, all, WWE's the only wrestling show in HD. Well, that would be, be a stark advantage. It's not, but it looks like it sometimes. Uh, but I was, I, I, when, you get, when you sold that one – I always said, man, that was a that must have been a hell of a meeting. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it was. It, and it's one of those things I will always thank him for just giving that opportunity. Yeah, and it's it's not his thing, you know. And I still don't think he really understands. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't think Vince understands kind of the entertainment and the, and the the comedy value and the putting smiles on faces value of those fights that we had here in the compound. It's kind of a, a, a different thing, you know, and, and it's not necessarily his thing, but he gave me the opportunity to do it. And actually, uh, internally, it ended up being a, a big success. So I, I'm, I'm happy. And that was one of my goals in coming back to the WWE to make that happen. But, you know, I, I don't know if uh, you're aware of this, but we actually have a special coming up on the WWE Network entitled House Hardy. And actually, it was uh, done creatively 
you know, because like television department and the WDB network are two different departments now. Creatively, it was done by myself and, and Jeremy Borash and, uh, and James Jimmy Long, uh, the original guys that did it when we did it on TNA. So I'm, I'm super excited for that, for that. That's coming up at the end of the month. I'm going to ask you about that here in a moment because I think we have a special guest that's going to explain that to me better. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, Smart uh, getting JB uh, and I, I think Jimmy Long too into WWE. They're they're both mm-hmm. talented guys, and especially JB. I've known him for a long time. He's he's emceed some of my uh, ringside Jim Ross shows, all that stuff. Uh, good move by you, and it must yeah. feel like you put yourself a little crew together for that day or two. You're the booker. And here's what we're doing. And then when you have success, it makes you feel really, really, really good. I mean, really good. I know oh. I come up with some ideas and they actually worked every, every now and then on how show bookings and things. And when they, when they work, man, you say, well, we, we got that one right. Cause you, you want to role play to the audience. You got to satisfy your audience. So first of all, you got to know is who is my audience. So, uh, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys, uh, just did a, a great job with that thing. And, uh, and those two dudes have helped you a lot, and I I know that's what you got to have. You got to have a team around you. Yeah, they're they're both good dudes, and I I really wanted them both to work here, and uh, it worked out. And now that you know we've kind of got my original team reassembled, I I I, I we're going to do a couple of these, uh, but if they're successful, it's going to become a, a full fledged WWE Network series, and and I have no doubt it will. And and I think this is a chance for I know there's sometimes where fans feel frustrated like they're not heard or you know like you know they they no one is listening to their voice like if you tune in and, and you watch the house hardy halloween special I, I i believe honestly it's the most entertaining piece we've ever done you know and it's going to be around probably a half hour could be a little could possibly a little longer but it, it is going to be unreal entertaining i promise you will laugh and smile and there'll be some dramatic moments as well but from the beginning to the end i mean i i i I'm going to make a large statement here, uh, a, a powerful statement. I feel like this is going to be the most entertaining, uh, uh, not documentary, but like a fictional, non-fictional piece that's ever been on the WWE Network. I think it's that good. That's how much confidence in tape I have in it. That's a very bright young man, ladies and gentlemen. He's still young to me, Matt Hardy. 26 years of bumping around, man. Uh, more on him next week, as a matter of fact. Because we're going to get into his thoughts on so many of the Attitude Era guys coming back to the major shows in WWE and how that uh, influences a locker room. Does it encourage or dissuade uh, a talent because they've been there working every day and, and they're getting bypassed on the top spot on a certain card? Interesting dichotomy in the locker room for that whole topic. We'll talk to Matt about that next week. And we'll get a lot more information on the big Halloween special coming to the land of hardy and i think we have another special guest next week who's going to accompany matt i'm not sure we're working on the details he's a very important person and we can't announce things too soon based on all the legal commitments that we are now entwined with wink wink a lot of fun here today kids glad you guys are with us uh, feeling good about this show continues to grow amazingly and uh as evidenced by uh the rate and subscribe in apple podcasts Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. What do you want? Wherever you get your podcast, that's where we will be. And uh, remember, those five-star ratings are important in your comments. You know, we had a goal. We still have a goal. We want to get – we started here in April. 1,500 five-star ratings. 
It's what we are we were seeking by the end of this calendar year. Right now, we need 87. So if you think about it, uh, leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts, a comment or two. We appreciate it. Uh, and some of the comments have been like, Hefray88 says, I have a very fond memory of watching WWF and WWE as a kid. My brother and I look forward to listening to JR's commentary. Just purchased Slobberknocker and can't wait to read it. Keep up the great work, JR, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Well, that's nice. Appreciate you, buddy. Pre- enjoy the book. Uh, Les D30 says, JR is amazing. Well, my cousin Les. I personally am so invested in him, I listen constantly. Beyond his insight and intelligence, I didn't write this, folks, I'm telling you, this is the God. He is so relatable when he talks. I lost my dad on Christmas Eve this past year, and Mr. Ross reminds me of him when I listen. That's nice. That's really nice. I listen to him with a tear in my eye because J.R. reminds me of my dad so much. That's one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me. Thank you very much, Les. And finally, from Ted on the West Coast, this is not producer Ted, by the way. He's ineligible to vote. Uh, Jim is the voice of my youth. Great timely insights and guess. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Ted. And remember, uh, Report at gmail.com for all your feedback, ideas, suggestions, and so forth. And I'd also like to quickly remind you to invite you to check out the Westwood One podcast app. I got it on my, uh, my iPad. I got it on my phone. It's home to a lot of really good uh, podcasters, some very intelligent uh, and informative guys. They're entertaining. You know, we've got a lot of good shows there. 83 Weeks is on uh, Westwood One. Talk is Jericho. Um, Captain Stevens uh, does a lot of lot of work on this network. Keeping it 100 with Conan. I enjoy the show. I enjoy Conan. The Raven Effect with Scotty, Levy, and more. Search Westwood One Podcast in the app and Google Play Store today. It's free. Makes it really handy to locate and to navigate and to package all your favorite podcasts uh, from Westwood One. Uh, again, submitting co- your comments, questions, or interview suggestions. Uh, again, the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. I've given that, e- that email several times today. I know it's becoming obnoxious. I'm getting sick of it myself. But the bottom line is I want you to know that you, I want you to be a, as much a part of the show as you want to be. And one way to communicate with us that's uh, private and, and not uh, you know worldwide, strictly to us, is the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. Simple as that. A new episode drops every Wednesday, without a doubt. Uh, and uh, producer Ted does all that work it's from either L.A. or San Diego. Uh, remember, I'm on Twitter at JR's BBQ, Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. Can you believe JR's on Facebook and Instagram, kids? How about that? Sean Creedle helps me with that immensely. He's a good man. I handle the Twitter, for better or for worse, at JR's BBQ. So, on the source. It sounds really stupid. So there's all the social media stuff you need, from me anyway. And uh, as I mentioned, Matt Hardy back for part two next week. We really get into talking about some of these Attitude Era legends that are now headlining uh, major shows in WWE years after they, they thought they might be done. Why are they in these positions? What does it mean to the locker room? Things of that nature will be discussed next week. Uh, and of course, the big Halloween special on the WWE Network uh, from the Hardy Compound. I'm looking forward to watching with great anticipation. 
So uh, thanks again for being with us, for all your feedback, all your, your subscribing, supporting our show, telling folks about it. Uh, good talk with Matt Hardy this week. Again, part two next week. So until next week, folks, remember, try to go out of your way to do things that are nice to, for others. I promise you, if you try it one or two times, you're going to see exactly what I'm saying. If you do nice things to others and see the look on their face when, they're, when it's unexpected, it's going to make you feel like a million bucks. A million bucks, Jerry. A million bucks. It's a great idea. Uh, and that's how I look at my life right now. And I hope that you'll think about looking at your life in a similar way. Do nice things for others. And watch the returns come right back to you. So until next week, folks, I'm going to hop in that old black Escalade at South Down I-35. Go back to Norman, where I belong. And uh, I will be back there next week. So from uh, the Cat Studios in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, I'm good old JR saying so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. Everybody at this point probably knows Jeremy more for his TNA contributions than WCW. But him being on camera sort of as a second for Vince Russo, I guess I just blocked it out. But he's all over this show. There's a reason you blocked it out. Yeah. Subconsciously, you're trying to protect your sanity. That's what that is. 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. Free, free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.